Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. We, uh, we began talking a little bit. It's probably four or five weeks now we've been in this series on overflow. And we kind of asked this question. So what, what does living life in the overflow look like? Right? What, what does it look like? We, we remember the psalmist, right? The psalmist David in the 23rd Psalm. Uh, what a great psalm, right? In verse 5, he, he talks about his cup running over, you know, and overflow, overflow. But you find it other places in the Scripture. In fact, if you did a study in some Bible characters' lives, I like Joseph. Did you ever, did you ever read the life story of Joseph in the book of Genesis? Well, in, in Genesis chapter 49, in verse number 22, we read these words. Joseph is a fruitful bow, even a fruitful bow by a well, whose branches, look at this, run over the wall. Highlight, run over the wall. Uh, in other words, his testimony, uh, his life, his testimony, and his influence extends, extends over the wall. Or we might say this, in the latter days of his life, Joseph was living in the overflow. He was living in the overflow of life. And the way we've kind of described living in the overflow is is you and I living in such a position that we are right underneath of the abundant blessings of Almighty God. And that's where we would all want to live. Amen. I'm not sure about you, but I want God's blessings upon my life. Amen. You know, I want everything, everything that God has in store for me, I want. Amen. I want you to say this, I'm greedy, I'm greedy. for God's blessing. I'm greedy... I'm greedy for God's blessing. Whatever God has for me, I want. But I come to realize this, the only way I'm going to get it is if I'm living in a position to receive it. Correct? Because there's nothing arbitrary about our God. Isn't that true? I mean, God doesn't act, he doesn't act whimsfully. It's not arbitrary. It's not case sada sada. It's not whatever happens, happens. No, it's deliberate. Everything God does, he does deliberately, determined, on purpose, and listen to this, on time. God is always on time. You've heard it said a million times in churches like this, God's seldom early but never. He's always on time. He's always on time. So what is living in the overflow of life look like? Or let me put it this way, what does it require? If we're going to live in the overflow, and God wants us to. Jesus said, I've come that they might have life and life more abundant. abundant. He just didn't give us life to exist and endure. He wants to give us life that's abundant, that's overflowing, that's blessed. What does it require? 
What does it require? And that's where we've been the last several weeks. And here's what we've taken notice to. Living in the overflow of life requires an understanding of the economy of God. Take that in for a second. Living in the overflow requires an understanding of the economy of God. You say, what's that mean, Pastor? We have to understand how God works. When we talk about the economy of God, we're talking about God's way of doing things. God's M.O. You know what an M.O. is? What's an M.O.? A method of operation. God has a method of operation, right? we, We call it God's economy, how God works. And if we're going to live our lives in the overflow, we must understand how God works. And that's what we talked about over the last couple of weeks. Uh, We we begin to develop an understanding of the Word of God, of the promises of God, of some of the boundaries that God places around us for our safety, right? God doesn't draw a line just to make us miserable. Parents do that. (laughs) But not our Heavenly Father. God puts boundaries. He draws lines to protect us. Why? Because He loves us. And as we found out in the very beginning of this series, that God really does want what's best for us. And I believe that, don't you? And so we come to understand that God, you know, He he develops these boundaries, and, and we understand that He requires for you and I to develop an unshakable faith, not just a faith in Him, but an unshakable faith, a faith that will not, you know, wane or waver when circumstances rise against us, because they often do, they often will. When life uh, gets a little bit out of sorts, when people get a little sideways with us, people ever get sideways with you? Huh? Well, when you have an unshakable faith, it means this, no matter what comes our way, we're just going to remain rock solid trusting God, because we know He's good, and we know that He's for me, And we know that he wants what's best for I trust that. And that leads me, pay attention right here, that leads me to obey him. We talked about that last week, where we come to a place where we comply. Hello? We comply with the authority of Almighty God. And the reason I can comply is because simply down at the very core, I trust God. I trust him, and I believe that's what it means to, or what what it requires to, you know, live in the overflow. Now, I want to take it a step further this morning. Say, Pastor, let's go a little further. You didn't sound like you want to go. Take us further, preacher. Come on. (laughs) You're so, you're so weak sometimes. It's terrible. I love you anyway. So, what does it require? So, we said this, it requires an understanding. It requires, I said this in the very beginning, we laid the foundation of the message. It, it requires an understanding, it requires obedience. Talked about that last week. By the way, all these messages, you can go on our website, and they're all archived. You can check them out, they're on YouTube, uh, and you can go back and re-listen to them and revisit them if you, if you should have missed one. But it also takes this, it takes gratitude. It takes gratitude. Now, don't turn me off. Don't turn me off because I'm not, 
I'm not going to go sit down that same road uh, that we usually go down when we talk about gratitude. If you remember understanding, we, we talked about some, some things that were just not a little out of the box and obedience. A little, we talked about the will of God. Man, oh, no, no, don't talk about the will of God. But if you think about the will of God as being God's best for your life, it takes the edge off. Right? Hey, are you in the will of God or are you living in the circle that God has developed for you where his best is constantly poured out? Takes the edge off, right? Well, gratitude is the same. So let's talk about gratitude for a moment. I want to make a statement for us to think about and just take in. Look at this statement. Go ahead and look at the screen. Gratitude is a powerful and transforming attitude. Take that in for a second. Would you think about that for a moment? Let's read it out loud. You ready? Gratitude is a powerful and transforming attitude. Now think about that for a minute. I'm not talking about saying thank you. Right? I mean, we've been taught since we can remember to express gratitude when things are given to us, right? Uh, you walk into a little place, somebody gives your son, your daughter a gift, and you say to them, what do you say? Right? As they unwrap in that Tootsie Roll or that Jolly Rancher or whatever they eat these days. Thank you. I'm not talking about that. No, gratitude is a powerful and transforming attitude. It's not just a word. I'm not talking about my favorite holiday in November. Thanksgiving. I love Thanksgiving. Isn't that a great holiday? I mean, all you do is really just, you think about being thankful, you eat, and then you eat some more. And then when you think you just had about enough, you eat just a little bit more. Uh, if you like football, you watch the Dallas Cowboys get beat. I know there's a couple of Dallas fans here, so, uh, right? No, I'm not talking, I'm not talking about saying I'm thank you, thank you. Uh, I'm not talking about words. I'm not talking about celebrating a holiday. I'm talking about an attitude that is powerful and transforming. I, I, want, I want your attention this morning. If you can get a hold of this, I guarantee you today your attitude, your life may be transformed. Because that's what gratitude will do. Uh, look here, uh, I'm talking about cultivating a lifestyle. A lifestyle. Not just having to force yourself to say, yeah, I know God's been good to me. No, but actually cultivating a lifestyle where you live in gratitude or live in the overflow of, of God's abundant blessing for your life or, or upon your life right? It's a virtue. First Thessalonians, look at the screen. First Thessalonians chapter number 15, uh, chapter number 5, verse 18. In everything, give thanks. In everything. Why? This is God's best for you. Oh, you missed it. In everything, Give thanks because this is God's best for you. In Christ Jesus concerning you. God's will. What is God's will? It's God's best for me. 
So God knows what's best for me, and God is saying what's best for you is to develop an attitude, a lifestyle, a culture of gratitude. Now, can I say something without being hurtful? And I mean to tell you, there's not a, but there's a lot of us that aren't. Honestly, I, I talk to people all the time. I walk up to somebody and say, hey, man, man that's awesome. You got you to raise, huh? Yeah, but I still got to work at that stinking warehouse. Huh? Right? Hey, so, so you, don't, you, you no longer have to take that medication? Yeah, but I still get the headaches. And I'm not trying to get too personal. I'm just trying to help you to see where we live sometimes. Oh, I know. I know somewhere inside, if we have to really dig deep, you'll say, oh, God's been good. I know it. I know I got more than I deserve. But we don't live that way. It's not our attitude. And when it's not your attitude, it doesn't put you in a proper place of living, which would be in the overflow. Amen. In the overflow. Are you listening real good? I hope I can get this truth across. Profound. Developing an attitude or a slant toward gratitude places us in the overflow. And I've lived too long. I've, I've been alive too long, been saved for too long to not want to live in the overflow under the blessings of God. I want it badly. I want to stay there. And I know what it requires. It requires understanding, obedience, and gratitude. So here's what I did for us. I developed a short list, because I know long lists can get too long. So I developed a short list of thoughts, just, just a couple of thoughts, that I, that I want to point out, associated with gratitude, but that are actually benefits or results of gratitude. You ready? You want, you, you want me to give them to you? All right. Look at the first one. Gratitude develops a diversion. I'm not against you taking out your phone and taking snapshots of the screen if it helps you to remember, because you will not remember everything that's said. But if you can at least get some of the outline, it might help. Uh, gratitude develops, creates a diversion. Plain and simple, gratitude will change your focus. Say amen right there. Amen. I want you to say this, preacher. Gratitude will change my focus. Say it. It will. See, it has the ability to gratitude. It has the ability, pay attention here, to divert our attention. Yeah. It has the ability to divert our attention, and, and, and that's different than masking the circumstances. We're not talking about masking the circumstances, and so you just got some bad news. You're going through some bad things, and you know, how do I get my mind? No, if you, become, if you become grateful, if you begin to cultivate a lifestyle of gratitude, it diverts your attention. You're not masking it. You're just not thinking about it. Hello? Your mind's not on it. It helps us to rise above the circumstances rather than dwell on the circumstances. That's what gratitude will do. Huh. You know, it's easy to get caught up in the negative aspects of life, isn't it? It is. Uh, we've been talking on Wednesday nights, uh, just this past Wednesday night, talking about hope and how sometimes um, we, we, we develop a negative filter in life. Remember that little discussion? Huh? 
If you live without hope, you live with a negative filter, meaning everything that comes your way, you see it through a negative lens, you know? And, and life is that way. Life has a way of, of, of just creating that. But I read a statement this, just this past week, and I'm trying to adopt it into my life. I read it. I wrote it down. I have a little, I have a, a thing called meditation thoughts, meditation scriptures, meditation thoughts. And I, I get these things, and I write them down on my list called meditation thoughts. And, and here's one that I saw this week, and I'm trying to adopt into my life. Show it, fellas, if you would. Our lives move in the direction of our strongest thoughts. <laughs> Go ahead, get your phone out. Write that down. Sister Roz, think about that. We were just talking a little bit this morning, right? Our lives move in the direction of our strongest thoughts. So, I'm not sure how you're feeling right now, but I'll guarantee th this. The way you're feeling right now, you're feeling that way because that's the way you're thinking. Huh? Oh, you don't like that, do you? But it's true. You say, where's that in the Bible? I think the wise man said, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Right? Solomon said that. And so our lives will move in the direction of our strongest thoughts. So what is it that is just consuming your mind? If we develop a lifestyle of gratitude, if we can cultivate a lifestyle, if our mind is just focused. Did you ever, did you ever look at um, Philippians chapter 4? You know, verse 6, be careful for nothing. Verse 7, and the peace of God. Verse 8, finally, my brethren. And then Paul says this, whatsoever things are, and he gives a shopping list, right? Did you ever read through that shopping list? Whatsoever things are true and honest and just and pure and lovely and of good rapport, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, he says, think on these things. In other words, you know what he's saying? Here's what he's saying. Here's what he's saying. The peace of God will fill your heart, will protect your mind if you think on God. Because things that are true and, you know, the list, it's really just a picture of God. And so if I get my mind off of whatever and get my mind on God, it'll protect my heart and mind. See how that works? Gratitude. How do I live my life in the overflow, under the abundant blessing of Almighty God? You've got to develop a culture in your life, an attitude in your life, a lifestyle of gratitude where we look at things a little bit differently, a different filter, a different lens, so to speak. Amen? Amen. <laughs> and when we do, we place ourselves under the overflow. Did you ever... Now, we say it all the time. We sing it all the time. I refer to it all the time. But you ever listen to the words of the song, Count Your Blessings? Don't sing it with me. I'm not going to sing it for you. But would you listen to these words? I just selected two verses. Listen to these words. When upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed, when you are discouraged, thinking, all is lost. You don't have to admit it. I've been there. 
I've been in, I've been in that. I, you, you could put my name there. Here's what he said. Count your many blessings. Name them one by one. Now, that might take some time. So, when you're discouraged, thinking all is lost, here's what you ought to do. You ought to take the time to begin to count your blessings. Name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. I'll guarantee it'll do this. It'll get your focus off of… Huh? He went on and said this, another verse, same song. Are you ever burdened with a load of care? Go ahead, raise it up. Are you ever burdened with a load of care? No? Well, man, would you come up here and preach for me then? Come on, let me sit down over here because if you've never been burdened with a load of care, you're either not alive or you're taking medication. And I want some. Are you ever burdened with a load of care? Uh, does the cross seem heavy you are called to bear? By the way, can I say something about that cross? We're not talking about his cross. We're talking about your cross. Huh? No, he said take up your cross. He didn't say take up my cross. Take up your cross. Well, what's your cross? It's your life and everything it involves. Huh? It's having financial woes. It's having a wife that's not feeling her best. It's having stress in your life. It's, it's going through life. It's your cross. Your cross. Uh, are you ever burdened with a load of care? Uh, does your cross seem heavy or called to bear? What do I do, Pastor? Count your many blessings. Every doubt will fly, and you will be singing as the days go by. At one point in time in my ministry, and this is fact, this is not fiction, it's fact. At one point in time in my ministry, back in 2006, Dr. Riddell, you know this. At one point in time, our church, I was pastoring in Pennsylvania, our church had two campuses. We had an east campus and a west campus. They were 33 miles apart. I would preach at one Sunday morning, the other Sunday night, one Wednesday night, the other Thursday night. I would spend half the week in one office, half the week in the other office. On both campuses, we had a Christian school. Two churches, have one church, two campuses, two Christian schools, and on the west campus, we had a Bible college. And I was, I was the lead pastor. Half the time, I didn't know if I was coming or going. I didn't know what office I was in. I was just, in fact, one night I finished up preaching at, at the, the West Campus. I lived near the East Campus. I finished preaching at the West Campus, got in my car. I was starving. I just got about a mile down the road, and I thought, man alive, God, give me some refreshment. And there was a Wawa. God's good. I went into the Wawa, and I got the most healthiest thing I can think of, peanut butter, tandy cakes, and a sweet tea. And I jumped back in my car, Dr. Adele, and popped the lid off the sweet tea and began to chug that down, started heading down the road, popped open those peanut butter, tandy cakes. I don't even know if I tasted them, man. I was popping them like they were, you know. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I'm being pulled over by a state trooper. And I see them flashing lights. I say, oh, man. 
And so I pulled over. I must have been, I don't know how fast I was going. I was high on sweet tanny cakes, man, sweet tea and tanny cakes. I'm just, I'm a mess, man. I'm driving, pulls me over. He gets out of the car and says, uh, you in a hurry? I, I said, I'm sorry, sir. Where are you coming from? <laughs> I actually said, I said, <laughs> I just finished preaching at the Wednesday, the Thursday night service at my church. Oh, you're a preacher. I am. Can you prove it? Would you like me to preach? I, we, we, we. I said, I got my Bible right here with my notes in it. He said, let me see your Bible with your notes in it. Okie dokie. Gave him my Bible with my notes. He said, is that what you preached? No, he didn't say that. He said, he said, preacher, slow down. We need you. Have a good night. I wanted to go back to Wawa for more peanut butter tanning cake, say that you didn't celebrate. But I just said, thank you, Lord. Uh, I mean to tell you, I was going through life in an overwhelmed kind of a way. Are you with me? And, and I remember this. I remember walking sometimes. Jason, you might remember this. Jason worked for me for 22 years. I would walk through the hallway sometime, and Tyler, I would hear some of my staff members walking through the hallways whistling. And I would go back to my office, and here's what I would say. Lord, I want to whistle. I want to whistle. These guys are walking around whistling, and I'm in here groaning. I want to whistle too. And you know what he said to me? Well, then you got to change your focus. Why? Count your many blessings. Every doubt will fly, and you will be singing as the days go by. Look here. I said this a moment ago. Gratitude. Gratitude can be diverse. It can divert your attention it can divert, if, if you let it. Let me give you a second thought. I know I'm running out of time. Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Gratitude is transformative. It's not only a diversion, it's transformative. It has the power to transform our perspective. Think about that for a second. You know, perspective is an interesting thing. At the core, perspective is this. It's the way we see things. It's your perspective, right? It's the way we see things. But now, isn't it true that just because we see it one way doesn't make it right? Has your perspective ever been off? Have you perceived something only to come to find out it wasn't that way at all? Huh? Sure. No doubt about it. Uh, and believe it or not, now pay attention here, and I'm not trying to hurt you. Believe it or not, but believers have developed this spirit of entitlement. Now, we're under the, we're under the, the guideline of gratitude, right? Gratitude. And we as believers have developed a spirit of entitlement. So, what's that? Uh, it's where we live our life believing that somebody owes us something. Huh? Would you just think about you right now? Would you just think about you right now? Because there are times where we live our lives believing that we're owed something. That's my perspective. Doesn't mean my perspective's right, but that's what it means to live with the spirit of entitlement. I am owed something. And you can fill in the blank there. Fill in the blank. What do you think you're owed? Huh? I'm owed an explanation. Really? 
I mean, I'm old. Really? And if I think, I think if we, if we be real careful and if we would be a little intuitive and a little introspect and take our time to evaluate and really dig in deep into our hearts, we might find there's a lot of that there. Yeah, it's hard to admit, but it's true. Do you know what gratitude does? Gratitude helps us to develop the perspective it's all a gift. It's all a gift. It's all a gift. You know what I had to do probably, I don't know, six months ago maybe, Amanda, maybe seven, I don't know, not too long ago. Because I'll be honest, can I be honest with you? When I moved up here from, from Florida, I was struggling. Not because I don't love you, because I love you supreme. You are a great church to pastor, Dr. Riddell. I mean that with all my heart. I love you. I'm glad I'm your pastor. But for the longest time, I, I, was, just missing, I, just, I was just missing. I spent 10 years there and, and built great relationships with wonderful people, just missing them greatly, you know? And, and I was having a hard time. So uh, I just had to come to a place in my life where I just... And you know what did it for me, Nathan? Here's what did it for me. I, wait a second. God, I need to start thanking you that you allowed me to spend 10 years there. And now you've moved me on to something other. Because if all I do is keep dwelling on what I had and where, well, that's yesterday. If I go back to yesterday, it's not there anyway. And so gratitude helped me to get past it. It wasn't postcards. It wasn't phone calls. It wasn't revisiting. It wasn't hopeful thinking for the future. It was just being grateful that God gave me those years that I spent there, and now it's time you got something else for me. Just like you led me there, you led me here, and who knows where next? Hawaii? Well, I don't know. <laughs> Certainly not Alaska. I guarantee you, God calls me to Alaska. I'm never coming out of the igloo. I'm just, I'm not coming out. <laughs> Gratitude. It's transformative. It can transform us if we let it. Huh? You start to see the beauty in the small things. The small things that we have. Huh? Just the small things. That, and then maybe in what you don't have. Yeah. <laughs> Right? I'm glad I don't have some things. Relationships. See, gratitude helps us to shift from to. From to. And you know, if you've been alive any length of time, you know this. Life changes all the time. And so just where you are right now doesn't mean this is the way it's going to stay. Who knows what a week, a month, a year might bring? Gratitude's transformative. And then finally, Gratitude is sustaining. Gratitude is sustaining. It's got sustaining benefits. Gratitude is a circular benefit. Uh, we're blessed by being grateful, and others are blessed through us. I like getting around. I like getting around happy people. I like being around grateful people. I like being around people who are always seeing, you know, the, the good in things. Huh? How about you? I mean, the, the other kind of, it just, weighs, it just weighs you down. We talked about it on a Wednesday night uh, for a little bit. Gratitude helps us to appreciate, you know, 
the, the people that God puts into our lives and the places that God puts us. Gratitude fosters connections. Huh? Right? Did you ever notice this, how sour people are today? I said this on Wednesday night, and I promise you it's true. I still haven't. A couple weeks ago, uh, wasn't feeling really great. Went through some blood pressure problems, sleepless problems, feeling much better now, thank the Lord. Uh, but you know what I did, Steve? I just had this, I had to disconnect from negativity. So I stopped watching the evening news. I stopped listening to the morning news. I, stopped, I don't read the newspaper, but I, I just stopped it. I have no idea who got killed yesterday, who's going to get killed tomorrow. I have no idea. Huh? I, I don't know what's going on in Washington. Probably not a whole lot. Um, I don't know what's happening over in Japan, South Korea, North Korea. Uh, I don't know. And guess what? I can't do anything about it anyway. I don't want to say I don't care because I care, but I had to cut it off. Why? Because we live in a sour, negative world. And if that's all we have coming in, you know what I love to watch? I'm a, I'm a lunatic. I love to watch crime drama. Before I go to bed at night, I'm watching people's heads getting cut off, <laughs> legs being blown up, you know, buildings being blown up. And then I go to sleep and say, all right, Father, give me a good night's rest. <laughs> you know? Right? So I had to come back. Now I'm watching Hallmark with my wife. <laughs> and I'm sitting there saying, Lord, blow somebody up, please. If not, blow me up. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. So I, she, she's watching Hallmark. I said, is there some kind of crime Hallmark? Is there a drama Hallmark? Does anybody kill anybody here? <laughs> oh, man, it's a mess, isn't it? But gratitude is sustaining, and it has sustaining benefits. It op listen, it opens the heart for healing. Pay attention to that statement right there. Gratitude, being grateful, recognizing the perspective that it's all a gift, opens up our heart for healing. Isn't that what we want? Uh, it helps us to build trust and show kindness. You know, it, it's, a, it's a powerful tool, and God's got it right there. It's right there. I wish I had more time to talk for longer. But I want to give you this. I want to share at least a couple of tips on how to cultivate such a lifestyle before we walk out the door, okay? And again, you may want to let the whole list develop and take a snapshot of it. Here's just a few thoughts. How can I develop or cultivate a lifestyle? I hate, I hate that term. I hate cute cliches, an attitude of gratitude. What does that really mean? I'm talking about a lifestyle of gratitude, uh, where it directs us, it controls us, it consumes us. I'm living with that thought in mind. Huh? How do you do that? Here's a couple of tips. Number one, practice mindfulness. Practice mindfulness. Or in other words, live in the moment. Live in the moment. Most of our worries are either of yesterday or tomorrow. Right? Huh? What happened yesterday, what's going to happen tomorrow? Live in the moment. You know, be present. Be in the, pay attention to the small things around you. Practice mindfulness. Here's another one. We said it a couple times. Count your blessings. But make it a habit. Make it a habit. Get up in the morning. Huh? I, I, I was thinking about this. Uh, 
I used to have this. I used to have a list of things when I got, get out of bed in the morning after I finally got into my right mind. Some things that I would say, affirmations that I would say. You know, right? Today, Lord, today I belong to you. Today I'm going to. Today I'm going to. Well, you ought to do the same thing with count your blessings. Right? Father, thank you for the gift of life. And then just, and then maybe before you go to bed at night, lay your, lay your head upon the pillow. And just, once again, count your blessings. Huh? And I mean, if you're feeling overwhelmed, just keep counting and keep counting. Same ones over and over. Guys, stop counting sheep. Start counting blessings. Here's, here's, here, here's one. Serve others. <laughs> Serve others. Engage in acts of kindness. Yeah, that's right. Listen to this statement. I'm, I promise you I'm through. It amazes me at times to see how difficult life is for some people. It really does. It amazes me. Let me get personal. Johnny, Frankie, I walked out the door on Wednesday night. I was here for a while, taught Bible study, had a meeting. After the meeting, I walked out the door, was heading toward my truck, and I happened to see my dear sister, Frankie Foley. And so I went over to her car and, hey, Frankie, how you doing, my sister? Oh, Pastor, so good to see you. We chatted for a little bit. How you doing, sister? Well, I'm not able to sleep. I'm kind of just catnapping in between. And I was just struggling with sleeping. Yeah. I'm just catnapping back and forth, you know, all night long. It was up and down, up and down. But, she said, I'm able to eat now and drink now and swallow now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we had a pleasant conversation. It was awesome. And I walked away thinking, here's, here's a sister. Here's my sister in the Lord who is struggling with cancer. She's got two more chemotherapy treatments, one tomorrow and one in a few weeks, and then after that, a surgery. That's on her schedule. Hello? It's amazing when you begin to talk to others. You know, Dr. Riddell, when I was a young pastor and I was really going through some situations, we were building buildings and whatnot, I would get so overwhelmed sometimes. And you know what I would do? I would call my pastor. I'd call my pastor. And I just call him, and I would, I would, I would just mask it for a little bit. Hey, preach! What's going on? Everything okay? And I, it wouldn't take me, it wouldn't take me, but maybe five minutes before he would say, "Man, I got this. I got that. I got this other thing. I got that other thing." And 35 minutes later, I'm saying, "Thank the Lord, I don't pastor his church." I forgot why I called him. I felt I didn't even say, "Hey, I got a problem." I just, "Oh, thank you for talking." Huh? It's kind of like the, the lady that lived out in a remote area in Russia, just a little village, just a little, I mean, just a little hut of a place, and all of a sudden her in-laws had to come live with her. And now it's her, her husband, her two children, and now the in I mean, just a little hut of a place. And after a while, she couldn't take it, so she went to the village wise man, and she said to the village wise man, she said, and she told her story, and here's what he said, here's, here's what I want you to do. He said, do you, do, do, you have a, do you have a cow? She said, yeah, we have a cow. He said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go home this week and bring that cow into the hut with you. She said, what? He said, go home, bring that cow into the hut with you. Come back and see me in a week. And so she went home. She brought the cow into the hut. Now it's her husband. It's her children. It's her mother-in-law. It's her father-in-law. And it's the cow. She goes back in a week, and she says to the village wise man, or he says to her, so how goes it? She said, how goes it? She said, I got my mother-in-law, my father-in-law, my, my husband, my children, and now I got a cow. He said, you got any chickens? 
And she said, yeah, I got some chickens, but I want you to go home this week, and I want you to bring the chickens into the hut. She said, what? Go home this week, bring the chickens into the hut, and come back a week later. He said, do it. She goes home, brings the chickens in. Now she's got chickens, she's got a cow, she's got the in-laws, she's got her husband, her children. She's, she goes back in a week. He says, how goes it? How goes it? How goes it? I got, he said, right, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go home this week, get the chickens out of the house. Come back and see me in a week. Comes back in a week. How goes it? A little bit better. All right, this week, I want you to go home, get the cow out of the house, come back and see me in a week. Goes back in a week. How goes it? said, it's great. Said, it's great. She didn't realize how good she had it until it got worse. Did you get the story? Can I give you one final thing? This is, I don't know, something you may, may or may not like or do or whatever, but keep a, keep, a gratitude, keep a gratitude journal. Just write it down. Keep a gratitude journal. <laughs> yeah. Visit it often. Visit it often. You know, just a little, don't have to be fancy. You know, right? Hey, thank God for what a great message Pastor Genesee preached today. Write that in there. Uh, well, I was, down at, I was down at my favorite little spot. I was at Starbucks. Somebody bought me a coffee. Write that in there. Or I was at Starbucks, and I bought somebody else a coffee. By the way, if you're at Starbucks, get saved and go to Wawa. <laughs> Keep a journal. Living in the overflow. Living in the abundant blessing of the Lord. Look, look here. It doesn't, it doesn't exclude us from trouble. Right? No exemption cards. However, however, it places us on a different level of life. When you live in the overflow, it, it places us in a different level of life where we begin to, I don't know, we just begin to experience the excessive, abundant blessings of the Lord. And that's where that peace that passes understanding comes in. Doesn't make sense. Huh? People might say to you, why are you so happy? What are you taking? J-E-S-U-S, J-E-S-U-S, J-E-S-U-S. What are you taking? I'm taking Jesus at his word, and I'm living under the fountainhead. I'm living in the overflow. Let's strive to live in the overflow because the benefits aren't just for you. Benefits are for those that surround you. Amen? Maybe they'll get splashed by your blessing and want their blessing for themselves. Amen? Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.